You're listening to Off the Record on KBVR Corvallis. Welcome back. I am DJ Florite, and today I'm excited to be joined by Postrich Bear. Hello, how's it going? Hey there. <laughs> All right, everyone, want to go around and introduce yourselves? Yeah, I can go ahead and start. My name is Andy. I sing and play the guitar and other instruments in Postrich Bear. Uh, my name is Matthew. I play the I play the trumpet in Postrich Bear. Uh, my name is Cody. I play the drums. My name's Donald. I play the bass. I'm Tony. I play second guitar. And Donald is actually a former station manager hey. of KBVR. So welcome back on the airwaves. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So first, let's talk about the local music scene in Corvallis. What was it like before the pandemic and compared to now? Oh my gosh. Should I go? Yeah, or, go for it. It yeah. was it was thriving. I mean, people booked their own shows. There were house shows. I feel like there was a really tight knit community here, you know, shows at inner zone, um, shows at the house I used to live at, uh, Mudville stadium, a few other folks had house shows too. And from my understanding, there's house shows now too, but it's just a little, you know, it's different now with whoever lives here, but it was great. You know, a lot of the time we would bring bands here in studio at KBVR before they had a show, uh, like you're doing right now. So it's weird being on the other side of things, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. What about you, Andy? Yeah, no, I think a lot of what Donald said is pretty accurate. I definitely think now, obviously a lot of bands are still coming through. I mean, we're playing at yeah. Interzone tonight. Interzone's still rocking. Yeah. Um, and so is, and kind of like how Donald said, there are other house venues now kind of, you know, that have popped up over the last year or two um, that are also doing a lot of active shows. Um, and I'm sure now that students are back that they'll be doing even more yeah. shows. Yeah, now that everyone's kind of back in the swing of it. Do you think it'll return to what it used to be eventually or just kind of go in a new direction? Maybe a little bit of both. I mean, I think the main thing was the pandemic kind of, you know, people spread, people moved away. Some people moved to Portland or, you know, back home, wherever home is. But I think, you know, people will forge their own path. I think the hard thing is like a lot of and I don't mean to like dunk on anybody, but I think, <laughs> you know, people have to build back sort of the etiquette of shows and like what a show is, like how long it is, you know, how to act at a show, mm -hmm. um, make, make, you know, at least with our community, like keeping shows like safer spaces, all ages, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely been a, a big push, but, um, but yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of great bands coming out of Corvallis oh, still. So, I mean, obviously I think no matter what, um, for the show sphere, like it's always great to hear that no matter what's going on, that, music continues to be released out of the hub that is Corvallis and like the music scene here. Um, a lot of great newer bands that have popped up too over the last year or two that are super awesome. And it's been really cool to see them play and yeah. see them pop up and see other bands continue to pop up in the area. One of the other people playing tonight at inner zone, um, who brought Opie, mm -hmm. uh, his name's Owen and he's, he's been great at sort of like being past the mantle of like putting shows on too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's been doing great. And the music is also amazing. He's yes, playing, yes. He's playing tonight. So yeah, yeah, he's been doing a great job uh, setting up shows and kind of being that person. And of course, being a part of that, you know, crop of other artists that have kind of, you know, emerged over the last year or two. For sure. Do you have a local favorite venue, either from the past or current? I feel like it's got to be Interzone, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, I was like playing Mudville a lot, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was my yeah. We're we're biased though. So Mudville Stadium was the old house that uh, I lived in back when I was still station manager at KBVR, and we had shows there all the time. The main people that booked bands at the time and still now too, Bitter Half Booking. It's Indiana and Caitlin. They booked a lot of, yeah, booked a ton of DIY shows, like had touring bands. Unfortunately, right now, Caitlin's ill, but so they're taking a little break um, booking, but other people have sort of, you know, taken the torch and they're still trying to book shows within DIY spaces. But yeah, Inner Zone for sure has been um, a staple in the Corvallis music scene for uh, 25 years now. Yeah. And for anyone that doesn't know, that's listening, Inner Zone is a coffee shop right off campus that's been around since the late 90s and mm-hmm. they also have shows which is where they're playing tonight yeah 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 <laughs> no for sure i would definitely just say like probably like inner zone i think it's the first place i ever played when i played here in corvallis mm-hmm. um and it's the place that i've seen like every show i've been to that at, that is at that venue has been a good mm-hmm. show yeah mm-hmm. you know it's just it's like a place that i feel like no matter what when you go there you know it's gonna be like a good a great time safe space rock and music you know, they have coffee and other nice pastry treats too. So it's just a, it's like all around great place. So I'd probably yeah. have to say inner zone for me. I don't know if they still are doing costume shows, but like, I don't know, every, I've only been to one of them, but Andy and others that I know of have done costume shows there. And what is it? You dress up as the band and then you do covers of that band. Yeah. Well, so not that you don't have to shows. dress up, but yeah, it's the Halloween. Halloween shows. Yeah. They do one every year. They've done yeah. it since 2015 or 16. Something like that. Something like that. I think 15 20, or 16. Yeah. yeah. It's when it started and. They do them every year, and I know they haven't all been at Interzone, but most of them have been at Interzone, and that's been super fun just to kind of see, you know, people come dressed up for a show and to see all these <laughs> other bands that you like their music, but then that night they kind of are playing as another band doing covers, which is always fun to see, too. If you were to do that, what band would you choose? Oh, my. Uh, oh, that's hard. Well, I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. Source of some discussion. Yeah, yeah, so I've done the Halloween show actually every year since its inception, so yeah. I've done a lot of bands. This year, I'm doing Avril Lavigne with my <laughs> right. with your other band. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, and then last year, we did um, The Strokes, but for us, we're playing a, another kind of like early cover show this October for us in Portland and we're doing Spongebob covers. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do like Gary Comes Home and uh, Ripped rip, Pants. Ripped Pants, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> do you guys have any pre-show rituals? Yeah, Ooh. I think about my whole life before I, <laughs> <laughs> before I play the show. We had the cool runnings bit, uh, but that was, that was an old band. <laughs> Yeah, no, Posture Spirit doesn't really have a yeah. pre-show we, ritual. We, we get lunch. Yeah, <laughs> we get a nice lunch. Yeah. Um, we usually ask each other, do you know, remember what the set is? <laughs> um, shout out Tony, our guitar yeah. player, who's, who has actually brought on printing the sets. Yeah, yeah. Although yeah. I turned in, job. It turned into a, yeah, so what are we playing again tonight? Like, we practice the set, but for some reason can't remember, like, the seven songs or the order or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. So now we're almost a professional band. Yeah, <laughs> almost a professional band. I'm waiting for a uniform. <laughs> you can give out the set list to someone in the crowd. That's it. Yeah, there you we go. have actually had that happen a couple of times when we've been playing in like new places. I feel like when we played our last Portland show, we had somebody come up who wanted to have one of the set lists. It does happen every once in a while. And yeah. so it's kind of like a, and oh. at Avery Park. Yeah. I think we lost two yeah. of them. Two people wanted wow. them at Avery Park yeah. when we played here in Avery Park in Corvallis. Yeah. It's always kind of a fun cool show feeling. too. Yeah. You got a little fan club. (laughs) (laughs) What is your songwriting process like? 
Um, yeah, so Posture Beer started as my, like, I was in a, a couple bands, and I think I was writing a lot of songs that didn't fit the sound of the other bands I was in. So I started this project as, like, a place to kind of dump all of my, um, kind of, like, other songs, I guess, didn't fit the other bands. And I was writing a lot of music, and I still do. It's just kind of, like, a fun outlet kind of thing. And I needed a place to, like house these songs one to release them and eventually like I definitely wanted to play them live which is why like the full band kind of came to fruition is that like yeah so I guess like for me it usually just kind of starts with like I don't know I guess all the songs are kind of different some of them start with lyrics some of them kind of start with just like a little hook that like I like play and I'm like oh that's pretty that's kind of cool and I kind of just like build around that and then i tell them <laughs> like what what i what i want what i want i'm it's like four chords in the truth baby yeah <laughs> um, every practice it's like hey guys check out this new one I'm like oh god i gotta learn a new one yeah <laughs> so i'm definitely like pumping out the songs and this is the band that houses all of those songs yeah but the lineup has seen a couple of changes over the years it's also seen a name change i originally went by oso but I actually played a couple shows where there's another band called Oso Oso. And I played a couple <laughs> shows. I think it was like two or three shows where people would drive from like Portland or Eugene to like come see me. They thought Oso Oso play. <laughs> but they got to the show and they realized it was like in someone's living room and it was just me. And they were very confused. <laughs> um, so I think after that happened a couple times. And there was also a Corvallis project named Oso Oso. <laughs> and then so I many. changed it from Oso to Postage Bear. Uh, I forget when that was. I think it was like the third album. Yeah, that yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. What inspired the new name? Um, so the name Postage Bear kind of goes back to like a fake band name that I'd created with like my like friend and like my best friend in middle school and it was supposed to be a polar bear and ostrich fused (laughs) but we never made any actual music and we also didn't talk for a long time and I talked to them recently and they just didn't even remember that we had this imaginary band (laughs) um, it's not imaginary anymore though yeah Yeah. it's a real band now but for me I think it was kind of like I chose that name one because like oso in Spanish means bear so bear is still in the name for postage bear and also I chose the name because I found it on like scribbled on this journal and I think it kind of just reminded me of just like being young, you know, being like a kid and just like discovering and making music. And that's kind of how this project has always been. It's always been like a fun thing. Like, you know, it's just about going out there and having fun and just creating and, you know, I don't know, discovering things. And it kind of reminded me of like, oh, yeah, that's kind of how I felt when I was like in middle school, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> And back to the songwriting, what about your editing stage? Like, do you work on a few drafts yourself or do you show it to people right away? What do you do? I usually write the whole song. Um, the only time is there's a couple of times I give special liberties <laughs> to the band. And that's, but I mean, I think besides that, I always have like the, the outline and the skeleton and like the bulk of the song written lyrics and stuff. And I usually have a pretty strong idea for how I want it to be for all the records, except for the trumpet. I've re- I record everything myself um, for this record that we're recording right now, though. This is the first time that I'm bringing on other people to play the other like guitar and bass and drums and stuff, which is actually what we did a little bit today or this weekend. We were tracking here in Corvallis. But uh, yeah, so th- I'm bringing in the band to do one special song <laughs> to have, you know, not just me playing everything on the whole album. Yeah. 
I've always been safe on trumpet. It's the one instrument that we play as a band that Andy can't play. Security. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And this one's for everybody. What was the first instrument you learned to play? I'll start. The first instrument I learned how to play was actually the cello. Cello. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth grade orchestra. Yeah. So I, I learned trumpet first and I've done some other stuff kind of on my own. I've never done any recordings or any like performances with other instruments. But um, I have like, I have like a ukulele I've played sometimes and I've got a couple of flutes that I noodle on or whatever, but trumpet's the first one. Uh, mine was the piano when I was like 10. Yeah, definitely. Uh, piano lessons as a kid. I played alto sax in middle school and high school, but I didn't start playing bass until college. Like there was, uh, Corvallis DIY, uh, Bitter Half Booking, they put on... Uh, something called band in a hat where you had a bunch of strangers like come together, practice for six weeks and then do a show. Um, And that was the very first time I had played bass and I got, my mom Mm -hmm. bought me a bass for my birthday to play for that show. And then after that show, some other friends asked me into their bands and then eventually Andy asked me to be in this band and been playing bass ever since. It's been great. I started with bass because I swear all my friends play guitar and like, we need a bassist. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) Base out of necessity. <laughs> I girdle love it. <laughs> if you could change anything about the music industry, what would that be? Mm. That's a big question. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's hard. Um, I don't know. I will say that I feel like there's like so many like, like obviously the music industry and music scene just as a whole is like insane because there's so much to consume right Mm -hmm. so i do think that there i wish there was more opportunities because there's like so much good music out there that you find and then like you know you look at their like social media or spotify account and you realize that they're like less than a thousand views or something but i'm like i'm rocking to this harder than like stuff that's like you know actually making money (laughs) per se so i do wish that there was a chance for like i guess like other artists to I guess have more opportunities to take their music to like a level beyond just like throwing it out there into the ether. Um, but I know that's hard because there's like so much music to consume. Right. So that's kind of, that's the other side of it. Yeah. Is it's like, it's, it's saturated, but there is like so much good stuff that I feel like doesn't really get its chance to shine in the sun per se. Um, whereas like there's other stuff that I don't think the music is bad, but I mean, I definitely like personally, I'm just like, I just don't think this is as great as other stuff I've heard, but this is something that's like, you know, making a lot of money or they're getting the opportunity to play shows or at least release the music in capacities that other artists don't have the chance to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think uh, kind of the concept of a, an album, you know, like a just the creativity of, of making this whole set of songs is kind of going away with TikTok and yeah. Yeah. Uh, More like, of the single. Yeah. The yeah. single. And it's like mm-hmm. incentivizing people to just push out one song at a time, like really right. quickly. And, and, um, like they got, they got good songs, you know, but I like the, like the album that kind of flows from one song to the next. And, uh, you made a concept album. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I do feel like, like echoing what you said, Cody, like the emphasis on the single or even not even the single, like the chorus of a single song mm-hmm. versus like the listening experience of listening to an album front to back in one sitting, I think is different or in the sense of like Spotify or, you know, other streaming services, listening to things in the form of a playlist or, um, you know, something like that. Or, you know, now, you know, there's the algorithm or whatever, yeah, or yeah. things are sort of being curated for curated you. for you a hundred percent. And that's only at one song at a time. 
or, you know, it's inter- interesting to see what songs get big or, or not, or, you know, songs from five, six years ago that are B-sides that end up, you know, coming back into uh, the top just through social media is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or even stuff from like the 80s and 90s yeah. that then uh-huh. start trending. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like the amount of Gen Z that like discovered the cranberries. Yeah, that's funny. Do you have a favorite song to perform? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> so I think I think we each me, have a favorite. I think for me, there's a couple answers there, right? Um, Cute is one of our songs we play for for most of our sets. And, um, I really enjoy that one. I've got, I've just got more playing on that one. And it's also just like, it's a really good one. Um, Wally, I think though, is the, is the one that I really love playing live. There's something special about that one. Everybody kind of gets into it. <laughs> the big bass ring out halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think Wally's the, the hit. And then we all get to kind of play really hard yeah. and skillfully on that one. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'll showcase our yeah. instruments. Yeah, Wally's a, Wally's definitely a fun one. I love uh, the track "Plastic Cowboy." Uh, that's another fun one that has heavy bass parts. I'm biased because I play bass, but uh, yeah, any of the songs where the bass kind of rings out a little bit, I I love. <laughs> what about you, Tony? Oh man, the new one "Reasons." Ever since Sandy showed us that one, mm-hmm. hey guys, let's try this one. I'm like, okay, and that guitar part's so freaking fun. But all of it, just how it starts, the tempo, how it kicks in, ah, it's good recorded some parts for that today mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> i don't know they're all like my children so i yeah. feel like i can't play favorites <laughs> i feel like yeah so i won't comment i guess <laughs> 200 songs yeah. yeah yeah you love them equally yeah exactly yeah they're all great wish we could play them all every yeah. show yeah <laughs> I, think, I think i did a final tally of all of andy's different projects like the five six projects you're in like six or seven hundred songs now yeah, I've been in a lot of bands <laughs> over the years. Over the span of how long? 10, 15 years, maybe? Okay. I was like, this yeah. a lot of songs. Yeah, because yeah, I think my first band was in like 2006 or seven. Yeah. Um, when I was like 12. <laughs> uh, that was that Madrigals? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, but we started recording just like on a cheap. Uh, I think I got like a four track somewhere and I think we started recording on that within a couple months of being a band. It's awful, but I have it, I have it listed somewhere. And then for like my solo stuff, it was like, I think I have this track. It's the oldest track I have that I made. That's just me, which is like as far back as you can go for a precursor for Posters Rare. And it's a track called Zookeeper John. And it was, I had written a concept EP when I was in like the seventh or eighth grade about a zookeeper and like how he was loses his job and then, but he like still wants to care for the animals. It was a whole story. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know, but I've been doing it for a long time. So there's a lot of stuff out there under different names and projects. What's something you learned from your first music teacher that you still use today? Mm, that's a good question. So I'm, I'm trying to think my first music teacher was, um, Mrs. Boderman, I should know her first name. I definitely used to. She is a really fantastic music teacher. For a while, she was the superintendent of music for the Salem-Kaiser School District. That's where I grew up and went to school. I think she might still be doing that, but uh, she was a fantastic teacher, and she was a trumpet player. So, you know, music teachers always have their favorite sections, their favorite instruments, and, you know, whenever you have one that played your instrument, they always go over and give a little special attention, a little extra help. 
I don't know. I feel like I learned a lot of like little technical trumpet things that I don't know would translate very well to people who don't play brass. But just in general, I remember her her passion for music and her ability to make it something really fun and interesting to do. Yeah, I think I had a my orchestra teacher, Mr. Ogo. I had him for elementary and middle school. Gordon Ogo, shout out, shout out. But uh, I think he just always cemented like he was a very fun guy, and I think he just always cemented that like if you don't like music, like you don't, don't do it. Like, and and I don't think he meant it in a, a mean way at all. It was no, seriously yeah. just like, he's like, you guys, this is like, this is your life. You're growing up. You're choosing to spend time on this. Make sure it's something that you, en- that you're going to enjoy and continue to enjoy. And I think as long as you're enjoying it, that's all that matters. And if it ever becomes not enjoyable, then just don't do it. Find something else that you enjoy. Uh, my dad, he, uh, he was, or he is a big musician. Um, <laughs> was <laughs> no he. Um, so growing up, uh, there was always instruments around the house, and then I just remember when I was first starting to get an interest in it, he kind of taught me to like not just count the music, you know, but really feel it. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so that, that's always really stuck with me. I was like, music teachers, y'all fancy. <laughs> like this is my brother's. Like you want to guitar? Sure. And just showing me how to have fun with it, too, and, like, not be too serious. I mean, stay in time, like, depending on how serious you want to play and the setting and whatnot. But, yeah, just having fun. Yeah, I had a couple music teachers. Like, my godfather as a kid gave me piano lessons, and that was great. Like, as far as, like, how to read music on a sheet kind of thing. My high school band teacher, Mr. Mr. Saffields, Tim Saffields, if you're out there, just thank you. He's, like... Mr. Rogers personified kind of um, as a music teacher, very kind, willing to give you all the time in the world just to help you learn something. And then the biggest teacher I feel like is failure. Failure <laughs> nice. okay. teaches the greatest lesson. Okay. <laughs> Andy, what was the last song you wrote about? <laughs> oh yikes! If you want to share, <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, probably this this most recent album that we're recording is like, it's like a an album that's all about kind of twenty twenty two and like a very specific like person. It's a very personable album. My twenty twenty two wasn't great, <laughs> but during that time, I wrote this collection of songs. And I guess it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just like a, it was a bit of like journaling, you know, but just instead of writing, I was writing music. So I definitely think, um, I think Disappear is the last track I wrote that from this album, this collection of songs. And I think that one is just kind of like, you know, feeling really overwhelmed and um, wishing you could kind of just like as the track goes, disappear. (laughs) Um, You know, when you're feeling overwhelmed about things and you kind of wish you could just disappear so that people weren't like perceiving you or, you know, having expectations of you. And that way you can kind of just like have some time for like rest and respite and like to kind of recollect yourself. And um, yeah, but I mean, I guess that's, that's the most recent one that I had written for the album and, I'm excited to share it, but yeah, I think most of my music is usually just kind of like me journaling what's going on in my life (laughs) Um, for the most part. So it's a pretty intimate, especially this album. I think his album is definitely the most intimate I get as far as it goes for lyrics and kind of expressing 
stuff and not just always using like metaphors or something. This one's definitely a little bit more literal for a lot of the the lyrics and for the songwriting and kind of the overall feel, I'd say. All right. Well, taking a turn from that, what's your <laughs> favorite form of potato? Ooh. Oh, gosh. Favorite form of potato? French fries or freedom fries, whatever you want to call them. I don't know. <laughs> but there are so freedom many fries. styles of French fries. Yes. You got waffle Julian, fries. You got waffle fries. Yeah. The curly. The curly. Mm-hmm. Waffle crinkle shoe cut. string. Yeah, shoe string. Yeah. yeah. Like what kind of seasoning? Oh gosh. Steak mm-hmm. fries. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Honestly, I like a good poutine. So Ooh, that's good. So I think whatever fry that is smothered in gravy and cheese curds is how I enjoy <laughs> <Yeah>. my potatoes. <laughs> I think uh I feel like a really good potato soup is a, is, oh, sure. is the strongest way to do that. I I really love potatoes. I have potatoes a couple different ways almost every day, probably. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like a good potato like chowder with like some bacon in there, right? Like really thick and heavy with some cheese mm. melted on top. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the way. This is the way. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Cody? Oh man. I like a good baked potato or like uh, you know, Cooking them up in a little breakfast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that's not What do you just call them when they're just when you home just fries? Home fries. Home fries. Home yeah. fries. Those. Latka. Man, latkes. Yeah, latkes. I never <laughs> had latka until like this year. Oh my god, changed my world. Yeah, <laughs> that's my favorite potato. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think latka actually might be my favorite potato. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's that. There's that like potato, like no, no baked cheesy bread thing that I did one time, which was like. Using mashed potatoes and like some flour and making like a like a biscuit thing in the pan and you fill mozzarella. It's great. Yeah, it I don't know how to describe great. it. I only has a name. I just found it online. It's like like little YouTube short or whatever. Like, oh, try this easy food. And I'm like, okay. I try. I'm like, oh god, it's it's actually really good. Yeah, yeah I feel like my favorite kind of t- potato is between the home fry or the the hash brown. A good breakfast mm-hmm. potato. Yeah. I think. You know, get a little Denver, you know, scramble kind of thing going. Oh, yeah. Crispy on the outside, um, still fluffy on the inside. Yeah. But then, you know what? My favorite kind of potato is a couch potato. I love just kind of <laughs> relaxing, oh vegging out. Oh, my goodness. You know, <laughs> put so the feet true. up. So real for yeah. that. Donald is being really real right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of couch potatoes, actually, oh. what's your ideal nap setting? Oh, what gosh. Good transition, Donald. Oh, Way to yeah. just segue that well, right there. <laughs> Ideal nap setting. That is a good question. I'll tell you what. I, so, you know, it's the fall right now. Things are getting cozy. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, starting to bundle up with the blankets. I just bought like a mini projector and I have it like pointed toward the ceiling. So I'm literally just laying down in my bed watching like Miyazaki movies and it's the best. <laughs> I'm just chilling and then I can just nap. Yeah. It's great. Vibes. Vibes. I think, uh, Sopranos on the couch. <laughs> Nothing like Getting it. And some gabagool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing better. <laughs> Having Tony yell in your ear. Yeah. <laughs> Christoph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the best naps are when it's just like raining a little bit outside and it's like chilly but not cold. So you have the window open and kind of just like hear the rain. You get a little bit of a breeze and kind of bundle up a little bit. I feel like that's the way. What, Tony, you, uh, didn't, you didn't already reflect on your naps before we came <laughs> here. Think, you didn't. You didn't envision your perfect nap. 
I feel like I just crash and then I wake up in pain. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you guys are like laid out perfectly. Like, I wish. Yeah. I avoid naps because usually I wake up with like dry mouth, like dizzy. I'm like, where am I? What time is it? <laughs> like, what's yeah. going on? I'm always scared of oversleeping. Yeah, well, that, see, yeah. that's what happens. And then you yeah. can't go back to sleep later. I mean, you could also have a controlled nap where you like set a timer. True. No, I so sleep through like, that. I can't, yeah. I can't sleep for the next six hours. I can't it's, be trusted to listen yeah. to that alarm. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't be me. Naps are for weekends only. <laughs> what is the best temperature? Oh gosh. Gotta be 70. 67 degrees. 67? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Something cozy. Mm-hmm. 70 safe. Mm. I like the weather when you can choose what you're going to wear. Like, it's not too hot. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you can, mm-hmm. you know, wear, like, maybe, like, a long sleeve. But it's also not too cold. So you can, like, maybe still wear shorts or cutoffs or something. Yeah, it's like whatever you want to wear is fine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. the ideal weather. I don't know what that is. What is that? That's, like, 69? Like, 69, 68. Okay. Room temp, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when the room that's temp is outside. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it when it's brisk. We're still in the kind of the hot zone. I tried going to a pumpkin patch yesterday. It was eighty degrees. Yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah. ridiculous. Criminally warm. Ridiculous. I've been saying it every day. Climate change. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's real. Yeah, yeah, like I literally floated the river yesterday. Like it was beautiful. <laughs> it was like summer. Yeah, yeah. It's like fall trees. The colors are yeah. changing. But yeah, I was like, why is it eighty degrees yeah. in October? Yeah. yeah, I want a brisk. Like brisk yeah. all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I could probably drift down to low 50s so I can wear my flannels. Yeah. Need to layer up. It's time. Who was your childhood celebrity crush? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, they weren't a real person. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do cartoons count? <laughs> so I definitely say probably Sailor Mars. I, yeah. I remember being a kid and watching Sailor, like Sailor Moon and... I saw Sailor Mars and I feel like I was like, wow, they seem pretty cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, the Hex Girls from Scooby-Doo. Oh, Anybody who knows, sure. knows. Yeah. That's right. Man, I don't remember. Um, it was someone from like a Nickelodeon show I used to watch, but... I can't, I don't even yeah. remember what show or what show. I don't know. I don't show. All that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she wasn't all that. Like, what she? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda Bynes? Amanda Bynes? not all that, but who knows this? <laughs> yeah. Do you have know. one, Tony? Uh, <laughs> like a deer in headlights. Probably Misty from Pokemon. I don't know. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Misty from Pokemon's up there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched cartoons. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it'd be the same for me. I'm draw, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. <laughs> what's a weird food affinity you have? Hmm. Like, what's a food you like? That's uh, that's like no one else likes this food. This is, this, this is a Tony special. Like an example is uh, one of my coworkers likes to dip pretzel sticks in water. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they can eat like thirteen at a time, yeah. like a hot dog eating contest. Like, hot dog eating like, contest. I think she likes it to be a little soggy. Yeah. Okay. That's wild. Like sure. she likes to moist, calling them out right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like contest. Yes. I think your coworker needs help. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like mine. It's a personal attack, apparently, because they say like I love Barbie's roast beef sandwiches, and people are like, "Ew, what's wrong with you?" Like. I'm sorry, I like them. Yeah, that's, I don't know. that's fair. 
Some Arby's sauce. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't feel like I have any weird taste in foods. I think I just like food that tastes good. I mean, I was a little picky about Reuben's, you know, if I, it's yeah. got to be the right dark rind or whatever, but I don't think it's like a weird affinity. Yeah. I feel like I just like making fun of other people's weird food tastes because <laughs> mine are so vanilla. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't got anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to rack my yeah. brain right now. I like all food. Yeah, honestly, you know, if it's good, it's good. That's 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 what I live by. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you have any tattoos? Yes. <laughs> um, would you like to share with the class? Yeah, I have two tattoos currently. One is Teresa the Faint Smiles rune symbol from Claymore. If anyone out there has read or watched Claymore, and then the other one is I have Dark Gengar on my arm. Because Gengar is my favorite Pokemon. Sick. And the number in the Pokedex for Gengar is the year I was born. So I feel like it was always meant to be. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) No, I don't have any tattoos. I have too much anxiety for that. (laughs) (laughs) Valid. Um, I have one. I I gave myself a stick and poke. <laughs> when I was like <laughs> 21. <Yep. laughs> kind of, yeah, I was living yeah. in Utah. <laughs> BYU housing. <laughs> oh man. Um, it's uh, it's like this little bowl of soup on my thigh. <laughs> from the um from the Home Shake album Midnight Snack. Oh <laughs> yeah. It didn't take that long, but I I spilled ink all over um, Alex vinyl records. (laughs) How many O'Douls did that take you to to get through? (laughs) Not that that many. (laughs) I'm a a blank canvas, but maybe someday. Maybe someday. Hmm. I just got a toy machine one I like. Shout out toy machine skateboards. Yeah. yeah, I have I have Sick. plans for other tattoos, but I have not gotten them yet. I was supposed to get one a couple months ago, but my one of my tattoo artists moved. And I can give Oof. you, yeah. Well, obviously, yeah. I, didn't know that. I can also get a bowl of soup, I guess. <laughs> I did, yeah, I got one. <laughs> one I can give. Flash only. Yeah, yeah flash yeah. only. Bowl of soup. Get what you get, and it's always a bowl of soup. Yeah. <laughs> Any other local bands you guys want to shout out? Yeah, I've got a few. Go for it. Okay. Friend of my youth is great. Uh, It's Indiana's project. Um, Flexing is really good. Like a heavier, like post-punky, political punk band is great. Sadgasm, which is Andy's (laughs) other band. Uh, um, uh, Who else? There's a a band from Corvallis called Polypore. Mm. Yes. Uh, They're really good. I've liked the stuff that they've released. A lot, and I think they're really great. Who brought Opie, who we're playing with mm-hmm. tonight? Yeah, Owen's project. I think that's been Dooley. Yeah, Dooley's another great one. Dooley, yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, Wes. Wes doesn't really play live shows anymore, but Wes's solo yeah. project it's really good. Is amazing. Definitely something that you can re-listen to a lot. Yeah, I'd also like to give a shout out to Angelo, who's a student here, because I <laughs> promised him he would, because I work with him. <laughs> I was going to be on the radio show, and he asked for a shout out. So, Angelo, this is for you. Um, I really like playing with Moth Kit. We're playing. Oh, yeah, Moth Kit yeah. was great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they, show yeah we've actually too. been playing a lot of shows yeah, with them. A couple yeah, of yeah. I feel like they've been Portland, Portland, but a few Portland, of them. But they're yeah, from yeah, Corvallis. Yeah, they're, yeah. Mm-hmm. they're great. They've be, kind of slowly become our, like, 
show, show buddies. buddies. Yeah. We keep ending up on bills with them, which is great because I love their music a yeah. lot. Yeah. I feel like we work well together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, for sure. It makes you even yeah. feel out a bill too. Yeah. yeah. Three bands. You already got two down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all already had her on for locals, but Shana Marie Pascal is really yeah. good. She used to be a student here and we had her play here when I was here. And it was, it was just so cool that, that she has like recorded stuff and she's still doing stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, her music is so good. So, so good. She was on Locals and then played, like, basically all new stuff. Yeah. And I yeah. was like, no, I can't listen to this unless <laughs> I just rewatch the episode. Right, yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Tony? You guys fill it all in. I'm I'm joining the scene. I'm yeah. so behind. <laughs> I'm learning with you it's guys. It's all good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Where can listeners find your music and socials? Yeah, so we're just, uh, all socials are just Dat Postrich Bear, P-O-S-T-R-I-C-H, and then Bear. And then, of course, we're just on all streaming services, whatever you listen to, or whatever you use to listen to music, Spotify, Tidal, Apple, whatever floats your boat. Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Yeah, Bandcamp. There's more music of ours on Bandcamp. Um, Yeah, the deep cuts are on Bandcamp. But um, but most of the stuff you can find will just be on regular, almost all streaming services. And don't forget to go check them out at Interzone tonight. Hey. (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. That was Postrich Bear off the record. We'll see you next time.